Hello, this is R.J. Deacon reading the Supreme Court of the United States Opinion Syllabus in Pareda versus Wilkinson, Acting Attorney General. So it's argued as uh, Pareda versus Barr, certiori to the United States Court of Appeals for the Eighth Circuit. Argued October 14th, 2020, decided March 4th, 2021. If you'd like to support the podcast, please stay tuned to the end of the podcast. Immigration officials initiated removal proceedings against Clemente Avelino Pereira for entering and remaining in the country unlawfully, a charge Mr. Pereira did not contest. Mr. Pereira sought instead to establish his eligibility for cancellation of removal, a discretionary form of relief under the Immigration and Nationality Act, INA. That's 8 U.S.C. sections 1229 little a little c 4 and 1229 little b little b 1. Eligibility requires certain non-permanent residents to prove, among other things, that they have not been convicted of specified criminal offenses. This is section 1229, little b, little b, 1, cap C. While his proceedings were pending, Mr. Pareto was convicted of a crime under Nebraska statute law. Analyzing whether Mr. Pareto's conviction constituted a crime involving moral turpitude that would bar his eligibility for cancellation of removal, Section 1182A, 2 Cap A, I Cap I, 1227A2 Cap A, I, the immigration judge found that the Nebraska statute stated several separate crimes, some of which involve moral turpitude, and one, carrying on a business without a required license, which did not, because Nebraska had charged Mr. Pareto with using a fraudulent social security card to obtain employment, the immigration judge concluded that Mr. Pareto's conviction was likely not for the crime of operating an unlicensed business, and thus the conviction likely constituted a crime involving moral turpitude. The Board of Immigration Appeals and the Eighth Circuit concluded that the record did not establish which crime Mr. Pareto stood convicted of violating. Because Mr. Pareto bore the burden of proving his eligibility for cancellation of removal, the ambiguity in the record meant he had not carried that burden, and he was thus ineligible for discretionary relief. Under the INA, certain oh, the Supreme Court held a decision is affirmed and Justice Gorsuch delivered the opinion of the court. Under the INA, certain non-permanent residents seeking to cancel a lawful removal order bear the burden of showing they have not been convicted of a disqualifying offense. An alien has not carried that burden when the record showed he has been convicted under a statute listing multiple offenses, some of which are disqualifying, and the record is ambiguous as to which crime formed the basis for his conviction. The INA squarely places the burden of proof on the alien to prove eligibility for relief from removal. Section 1229, little a, little c, 4, cap a, Mr. Pareda accepts his burden to prove three of four statutory eligibility requirements, but claims a different rule should apply to the final requirement at issue here, whether he was convicted of a disqualifying offense. Mr. Pareda identifies nothing in the statutory text that singles out that lone requirement for special treatment. The plain reading of the text is confirmed by the context of three nearby provisions. First, the INA specifies particular forms of evidence that shall constitute proof of a criminal conviction in any proceeding under this chapter, regardless of whether the proceedings involve efforts by the government to remove an alien 
or efforts by the alien to establish eligibility for relief. That's section 1229, little a, little c, 3, cap b. Next, Congress knows how to impose the burden on the government to show that an alien has committed a crime of moral turpitude. See sections 1229, little a, little c, 3, and 1227, little a, 2, cap a, i. And yet, it chose to flip the burden when it comes to applications for relief from removal. Finally, the INA often requires an alien seeking admission to show clearly and beyond a doubt that he is entitled to be admitted and is not inadmissible. Section 1229, little a, little c, 2. When in turn requires, or sorry, which in turn requires the alien to demonstrate that he has not committed a crime involving moral turpitude. Section 1182, little a, 2, cap a, i, i. Mr. Pareda offers no account why a rational Congress would have placed this burden on an alien who is seeking admission, but lift it from an alien who has entered the country illegally and faces a lawful removal order. Even so, Mr. Pareda contends that he can carry the burden of showing his crime did not involve moral turpitude using the so-called categorical approach. Applying the categorical approach, a court considers not the facts of an individual's conduct, but rather whether the offense of conviction necessarily or categorically triggers a consequence under federal law. Under Mr. Pareda's view, because a person could hypothetically violate the Nebraska statute without committing fraud, i.e. by carrying on a business without a license, the statute does not qualify as a crime of moral turpitude. But application of the categorical approach implies two inquiries. One factual, what was Mr. Pareda's crime of conviction? And the other, hypothetical. Could someone commit that crime of conviction without fraud? And the Nebraska statute is divisible, setting forth multiple crimes, some of which the parties agree are crimes of moral turpitude. In cases involving divisible statutes, the court has told judges to determine which of the offenses an individual committed by employing a modified categorical approach, reviewing the record materials to discover which of the enumerated alternatives played a part in the defendant's prior conviction. See Mathis versus United States. This determination, like many issues surrounding the who, what, when, and where of a prior conviction, involves questions of historical fact. The party who bears the burden of proving these facts bears the risks associated with failing to do so. This point is confirmed by the INA's terms and the logic undergirding them. A different conclusion would disregard many precedents. See, for example, Taylor versus United States. Just as evidentiary gaps work against the government in criminal cases where it bears the burden, see, for example, Johnson versus United States, they work against the alien seeking relief from a lawful removal order. Congress can, and has, allocated the burden differently. It is not this court's place to choose among competing policy arguments. Congress was entitled to conclude that uncertainty about an alien's prior conviction should not redound to his benefit. And Mr. Pareda fails to acknowledge some of the tools Congress seemingly did afford aliens faced with record-keeping challenges. See, for example, Section 1229, little a, little c, 3, cap b. Uh, The decision below is affirmed. Justice Gorsuch delivered the opinion of the court in which Chief Justice Roberts and Justices Thomas, Alito, 
and Kavanaugh joined. Justice Breyer filed a dissenting opinion in which Justices Sotomayor and Kagan joined. Justice Barrett took no part in the consideration or decision of the case. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to uh, get a hold of me, I can be reached at rhodesscholar80 at gmail.com. That's roads like the truck driving roads. Um, and if you'd like to support the podcast or support me as I work my way through law school, please find the podcast on Patreon or follow the PayPal link in the show notes. Thank you.